Love Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to the Steelers Morning Podcast on Pittsburgh Steelers on 24-7 Sports. My name is Brian Diardo, and uh, it was a troubling uh, Monday uh, for Steelers fans, Steelers Nation. Uh, the Steelers fans found out that Martavis Bryant will officially uh, serve a suspension that's going to last the entire season. It's a crushing blow uh, to Steelers fans. Uh, this the Steelers offense that uh, we were promised to see, we might never see. And what I mean by that is, I mean the offense with Marquise Pouncey, with David DeCastro, with Ben Roethlisberger, with Le'Veon Bell, with Martavis Bryant, with D'Angelo Williams, with Antonio Brown, with all of those players uh, that we thought we'd see going into the 2015 season all together. Uh, that ended as soon as Marquise Pouncey went down with that injury before the year started. And and then with Le'Veon Bell's suspension last year, Martavis Bryant's suspension, we've never seen that offense fully at its full force. We never saw it. I mean, 2014 a little bit, but Bryant wasn't the player that he, he evolved into or we thought would evolve into. And it kind of brings me to my point that I wanted to talk about tonight, which is, I say tonight, but this will be broadcast in the morning, but uh, – is this whole thing with marijuana in society and in the NFL. And my two cents on this whole thing is that, and Ryan Clark, Jerome Bettis, they've been quoted to say that the majority of NFL players today use marijuana. They use it to heal their bodies. They're not allowed to use all these other substances that help their bodies recover from injuries. Not steroids, but human growth hormones, other things. And they use marijuana to help them heal and recover naturally. Um, I'm not saying whether I agree or disagree with that, but I will say that, that I, I believe that. I believe that Jerome, I mean, Jerome Bettis is a very, you know, you know credited guy. He, he works for ESPN. Uh, Ryan Clark works for ESPN. Uh, they've never been, uh, you know, accused or of anything with using marijuana. Um, they never had substance abuse issues in the NFL. Uh, so these guys have no, they have no reason to say these things other than whether, you know, whether it's the truth and whether that's what they think. So for them to come out and say it, to me, that is fact. And when you look at the NFL's rules for, um, you know, putting out discipline for players to use pot, they're they're pretty lenient. You know, the NFL, I, I think, knows that most of their players smoke marijuana. <laughs> and when you look at it, you know, I, I think before you even get suspended, you already would have had to have failed a couple of times. I think I, I know for a fact the very first time you, you know, failing a substance abuse thing or get caught smoking marijuana or whatever, it's like a slap on the wrist pretty much. Then the second time you have to go to counseling or you have to do like mandatory, you know, substance abuse classes or something like that. It's not until this third or fourth offense that you're going to serve time. And most of these players know when they're going to be tested. That's why more players aren't coming out for substance abuse. So to be in the situation that Martavis Bryant's in, you pretty much are always using marijuana to the point when you know a test is coming and you can't, not get off of it enough, you know, you can't get off it enough time, you know, long enough to pass the test. And, you know, it, it's, it's troubling. It really is troubling. And I, I know for a lot of people that are saying, okay, well, it's just weed, no big deal. For you to fail this many times, you're dependent on it. If you're Martavis Bryant, you know, obviously Le'Veon Bell, I mean, this is something that now looking back, I mean, marijuana has cost the, the Steelers, I'm, I'm counting in my head right now. It's, it's costed Martavis Bryant 20 games. 
It cost Le'Veon Bell two games. Uh, that's what? That's that's twenty two games. That's a that's a season more than a season and a quarter because of marijuana. That's huge. And think about the the games that the Steelers, you know, they lost without Le'Veon Bell, without Martavis Bryant, and the games they're going to continue to lose without these guys. I mean, this is. You know, and more than that, I mean, and again, you can say what you want about marijuana, but I don't think it's good in general for anybody to be that dependent on anything. Um, you know, I'm not saying Levy. I mean, Levy on Bell, after his one incident with Garrett Plant, he's come out publicly and said, I'm not smoking marijuana until my career is over if I decide to do so at that time. It's not, you know, it's not that important to him, and I give him credit for that. Um, but for Martavis Bryant, it's apparent that he pretty much relies on, on marijuana every single day of his life and that he's depressed and all these things. My heart goes out to him, and I hope he gets his life straightened out. I don't think he's the worst person in the world for using marijuana. However, again, he, to be that dependent on it, that's an issue. If, if that's, and it's apparently that's the case. Again, the NFL gives you countless do-overs and chances. I mean, people that say, oh, well, he needs another chance. This is already his fourth or fifth chance. You don't go down this, this – you don't miss the entire NFL season for nothing. You've had to have failed the substance abuse test countless times, and that's the case for Martavis Bryant. I mean, it was countless times when he served the four-game suspension. So now it, that, it's even compounded. So the fact that he's – you know, and Kevin Colbert came out on Monday and issued a statement – about Martavis Bryan and, and how – I mean, they pretty much left it open that, that he still has a chance maybe to stay with the team if he gets his act together. So the Steelers haven't closed the door on him, and Martavis Bryant should be kissing their butt. He absolutely should because the Steelers could get rid of him, and no one, me included, I, I wouldn't think, would think anything less of the Steelers. And that's not a cruel thing. Again, he's had five or six chances to, to fix this. And he can't. And because of that, he's in the situation he's in. And I'm all for giving people extra chances. We're all human beings. But at some point, you have to just say, okay, enough's enough. You know, the Steelers can't trust Martavis Bryant the way he is right now. And it's a shame if he really is going through all all this depression. But that aside, the facts are the facts. The Steelers can't trust this guy. You know, that's why they had to sign, uh, maybe partially why they had to sign Darius Taylor dead. I mean, you can't tell me that they needed to re-sign this guy this quickly. He's one of the four free agents the Steelers have signed out of 19 guys. They'll have 15 guys that they haven't signed yet. I'm not saying they should re-sign the guys, those guys. I'm just saying the big reason why they signed Hayward Bay is because they're not going to have Bryant. So that's – and whether it's good or not that we kept Hayward Hayward Bay, that is a decision mostly based on the fact that we're not going to have Martavis Bryant. Same thing with Ladarius Green. Probably still a good acquisition. It will be a good acquisition. But maybe if we're going to have Bryant coming back, maybe we have that money to sign Eric Weddle. Now, Baltimore probably overpaid for him, and who knows whether or not the Steelers would have paid that kind of money. But again, I'm just saying, there are now like domino effects because Martavis Bryant is not going to play for the team this year. It's not just Martavis isn't playing, we're going to try to replace him. This affects everything, how we draft, the free agents we pick up the players we decide to keep. I mean, money that we're going to spend. Martavis Bryant's decisions are affecting everything. And, and, you know, who knows? Let's say he comes back in 2017 and the same thing happens. Now now what's the team going to do? I mean, now that's three or four years the team has counted on this guy and he hasn't delivered. Again, I hate saying this, knowing that the guy has come out and said, or his agents have come out and said that he's depressed. That is a shame. 
And, again, we hope that, that he figures it out and that he can have a fruitful life and career. And I'm not saying the Steelers should or shouldn't get rid of him. I'm just saying that he's not reliable. And the Steelers should make no decisions going forward based on a belief that they're going to have him. He has not earned that. And that's a shame for someone that is going to make over $3 million. I mean, he's making, I think, $110,000 in guaranteed money this year to do nothing. No one should feel bad for Martavis Bryant's NFL career. You can feel bad for his personal life all you want, but he's going to make $110,000, if, if I'm reading this correctly, for doing nothing. Yes, he's going to lose $600,000, but I think a lot of people in this world will take a six-figure paycheck for doing nothing. And the other point I wanted to make here is I think this is also an issue with our gender. You know, I'm 30 years old. I'm old, a little bit older than Martavis Bryant, but I grew up in the D.A.R.E. program, if you remember what D.A.R.E. was. You know, it, it was this program in, in elementary, public schools, private schools, whatever, about staying away from drugs, just saying no, all that stuff. And when I and I remember 20 years ago when Bam Morris had the substance abuse thing with marijuana, he was the Steelers running back and played really well against Dallas in that Super Bowl. Him and LeVon Kirkland, I would say, were the, were the two best players on the Steelers. And if they would have won that game, Morris would have had a great chance to have been named the game, the game MVP. The Steelers got rid of him. Now, I think he was in a big drug trafficking thing. He was caught with tons of pot. He had a lot more issues than just substance abuse. He was, he was really involved in the game with, with drugs and whatnot. And the Steelers didn't even – I mean, they, they didn't even bat an eye. He was gone. But back then, if you're, you know, a kid and you heard the words marijuana, it was, it was like any other drug – that you had ever heard of growing up, heroin, cocaine, whatnot. Uh, now, as, as this generation has gotten older, and, and in the year 2016, marijuana is now legal in several states, Colorado being one of them, and our view of marijuana is vastly different than it was back then. And I think a huge issue with people my age, even people younger, maybe even people a little bit older, is that, you know, growing up, whether it was good or not, there was a fine line about marijuana in society. You don't do it. Now, again, I'm not, whether you believe it or not, that's not the case. Marijuana is, is this big gray line in the rules in America today. Even our president won't come out and say it's good or not. So where's Martavis Bryant to go? Where are these athletes to go when they're injured, where they're hurting? And they're, I mean, Martavis, I mean, these guys are, are risking their careers to do it, whether it's to help their bodies or it's for recreational use. Yes, I, I do blame them, the ones that choose to do this and get suspended and fined for it. It's still a rule in the NFL. You're not supposed to do it. So I'm not here to defend them. But I will say I understand why they're taking that risk because their alibi is, it's, well, it's legal in several other states, and they're, they're telling the truth. And they've grown up. I mean, if you're younger than me, maybe Dare was gone when Martavis Bryant was going through the system, whatever. But – they're not growing up the way that most of us grew up, which is that marijuana is not good for you and this and that. I'm not saying whether that's good or not. That's not for this conversation, nor will it ever be. I'm, I'm a sports guy. I'm not a drug legalization guy. But they're growing up under this new generation that, you know, you have some people saying marijuana is good for you and some people saying it's not. And guys in the NFL now, or more of them, more often, you know, more than, than not, are choosing to risk it. They're choosing to smoke. Again, whether it's, it's to heal from their injuries or for recreational use, they're choosing to smoke marijuana. And that's the, that's the path that Martavis Bryant chose. 
to deal with depression or, or whatever. And that has cost him his 2016 NFL season. It's cost him $600,000 and now almost 60% of his paycheck over the past three seasons. And the Steelers' Super Bowl chances as well. With Martavis Bryant, the Steelers have the best offense in football. I know this is a Steelers podcast, and some people might think I'm biased, but, but look at it. People think that Denver's defense last season was one of the best defenses in NFL history. Some are saying it's with the 85 Bears, which is preposterous, but whatever. They were a very good defense. And, you know, yes, I think the Steelers' full strength would have beaten Denver in that playoff game, but I don't know if the Steelers' defense would have played as well as Denver's did in the Super Bowl. As Denver kept playing, their defense kept getting better. I think they hit their low point against the Steelers in Week 15, and then they just kept getting better from, from that point on. Um, but look what the Steelers' defense did, offense rather, did against them. Ben over, you know, 300 yards both games, 334 and 380. Uh, 334 was the playoff game. Mark Davis Bryant, 154 receiving yards in that playoff game without Antonio Brown. You put these guys together and Mark Davis's head is screwed on right. There's no one stopping. And if they're healthy, there's nobody stopping the Steelers' offense. And the defense, 11th in scoring last year, that's pretty good. And I think everybody believes that the Steelers' defense was going to be is going to be better this year. You put all that together, this team was probably. I mean, they were going to be. They are the odds-on favorite to go to the Super Bowl. You see what's happening, New England or Denver. Their team's imploding. Players are going everywhere. They're not going to be the same. They'll still be good. I, I believe Denver will be good next year. But what? When was the last time the Super Bowl championship team didn't have their quarterback the next season? I know one of the more recent teams was the 99 Broncos, and they won six games. It didn't work out well for them. The Broncos will not be the same team. The Patriots, Tom Brady's 39 years old, and the Steelers almost beat them this past year without Le'Veon Bell, without Martavis Bryant, and with their kicker missing two field goals. The Steelers are the best team in the AFC, and they might still be even without Martavis Bryant, but now – more focus on Antonio Brown. Now Marcus, or Marcus Wheaton has to step up. Now more pressure on the running backs. Now more pressure on Ben. So there's, there is a domino effect, and a lot of it comes back to our view of marijuana and society and the NFL players choosing to risk their careers to smoke marijuana. There has to be a line drawn in society. There has to be, whether it's people just saying, listen, you know, you can – it might be the NFL's fault. Maybe the NFL is being too lenient. Because, again, it's not until, you know, you're three or four strikes down the road until you start losing games. Maybe it should be the first defense you lose four games. I don't know what I don't know what the right answer is. And I'm not saying that the NFL should, should let the players smoke pot. I am not saying that either. I'm just saying that most NFL players are still choosing to risk their careers in smoke pot. And, you know, some of them can't get off of it long enough to pass a drug test. Or Tavis Bryant, a lot of the players will wise up and stop before they take these tests, so that so that they are clean and that they can play. And I don't. I hope people don't you know listen you know stop listening to this podcast and think, oh my God, our league is just corrupt with drug users. I I don't know. I don't think it's that. But and who knows? Maybe Jerome Bettis and Ryan Clark are wrong. I don't know. But I tend to believe them, and I tend to think that these players, a good amount of them, use marijuana. Whether again, whether it's good or, or bad, and, and to be honest, I don't know how the NFL is going to change this. 
I think the only reason is if they start using more random, having more random drug tests or any random drug tests, in that there's harsher penalties for first-time offenders. Again, the first time you do it, it's like a, it's like a, a slap on the wrist. So you can pretty much get caught once, no big deal. Twice, I think there's you know you have to go to classes or counseling or something. The third time, you're just going to start really getting in trouble, losing games at once. But maybe by that time, you're already too far down the road. And to me, you know, the Steelers should have known that something was up with him. I mean, there were red flags on Martavis when he came out of college. If you look at it, you can still find it today. Go to Google, and in the search engine type, Martavis Bryant, NFL.com draft profile. You'll see his profile from Clemson from 2014, untouched. And then it, it says, you know, you know, a risk, you know, raw on the field and off the field. He had academic issues. I believe he didn't play in one of – I know he didn't play in one of Clemson's bowl games. Uh, I want to say it was his either first or second year at Clemson. He did play in the Orange Bowl game, which he had two touchdowns against Ohio State, which I think opened up Colbert's eyes to taking him. But there were red flags about him going, like, way back to college. And that, again, just shows you that's the risk you take when you draft, you know, with a lot of talent, but they have those red flags. I mean, going in, and with the Steelers' leadership, again, you can't ask Big Ben to babysit him. You can't ask Antonio Brown to babysit him. But you need – that's where you need strong leadership to just to grab this guy's – you don't even give him a chance. The minute you draft a guy like this with all these red flags, you tell your leadership right then and there – this guy is your little brother. You do whatever you can for this kid. But, again, it, it's kind of like LeGarrette Blount when he came to Pittsburgh. If your veterans are smoking pot with, with your younger guys, there's your issue. And that's why D'Angelo Williams coming to Pittsburgh was was night and day with you know as compared to LeGarrette Blount the year before. I think D'Angelo and Le'Veon have been great for each other, and I think they're going to be great working together this year. And they really didn't work with each other last year. Um, so, you know, th- that's, you know, so some of that is just, you know, the Steelers leadership, while strong, has to be even stronger. And it goes beyond, hey, you know, the receiver's got to work with him on this, or hey, Big Ben's got to go. It's an entire team thing. It's Cameron Hayward. It's Ryan Shazier. It's all, it's the old guys and the young guys. It's James Harrison. Because at the end of the day, you're all one team. And if you don't work with each other and use your strengths and look across the position or the field and whatever, these things happen. I, I believe that the Steelers could have found a way maybe to get to Martavis before it got to this point. And it's, you know, in general, like I've said on this on the last 20 minutes, it's just a shame. It's a shame that we have to discuss this. It's a shame that it, it puts a dim light on this offseason. And, and that's why when last year happened and you're losing the playoffs, that's why Mike Tomlin takes it hard. That's why the players take it hard because – Rightfully, all you know, the Steelers fans were happy with the Steelers' season at large. They were, you know, even though they didn't win the Super Bowl, all the injuries and whatnot, they had fought to get that close to the title game. But you never know whether or not you're going to have all the same parts the next year. I mean, who would have known two months ago that, that Bryant wasn't going to play this year? You know, you just don't know. You don't know when these things are going to happen. So you got to take advantage of the chances that you get, and that's why it was so hard on the Steelers uh, when they lost that playoff game because they know. James Harrison knows. Heath Miller knows. That's why Heath got out. It was like, you know what, they might win it next year, but they might not. Who knows? There could be more injuries or, you know, this. I know this is coming off as a very negative uh, prediction, and I don't believe that. I, I think the Steelers will be fine next year, but 
I think now Super Bowl talk is pretty premature when when you don't know how good your number two is going to be. I think Wheaton's going to be fine, better than fine. I mean, look, remember that Seattle game? You know, he had 201 yards, a touchdown, nine catches. I mean, this is a guy that I, I see flashes of, like, Andre Hastings go back to the 90s. I mean, he just – he's not a very big guy. The Steelers are going to need a tall receiver. But I think with Hay- Hayward Bay, I think with Sammy Coates, I think with, with Wheaton, and I think with Ladarius Green and Jesse James, Brown, they're going to have loads of weapons still. And last year, they scored – they put 43 on San Francisco without Bryant. I mean, they did a lot without Bryant. So I, I, I definitely the Steelers are going to be – Good next year on offense. The best in the league, they still they still could be. It's not a slam dunk anymore. I wouldn't just say <clears throat> unanimously, okay, well, the Steelers have the best offense in football. I, I, that, <clears throat> that's not the case anymore. They still could have one of the best or the best, but it's not a slam dunk. And, again, I, I just think a lot of this comes down with this society. The NFL, whether they've said it or not, <clears throat> they need to have people that just say to these players, listen, you know, this generation, you guys are, are going through this country in a time where you're being told in some ways marijuana is good, some ways it's not. But as of now, in the NFL, you can't do it. You just can't. And I know that it takes a few times to fail a test before you start missing games and you don't want to start going down that road because then it gets harder to get off of it. And... That's what's happened with Martavis Bryant. Hopefully he can serve as a cautionary tale to the rest of the players. And I think the answer, as I've said, the answer is, you know, politics aside and all that stuff, because can't, we can't control that with the outside world things, whether it's good or not. We, we can't control that. But the NFL needs to make, make, it, you know, make a first offense harsher. It can't be a slap on the wrist. It's got to be two or three games. It's got to be two or three games right off the bat. You feel a drug test right. So imagine if you're a rookie – you haven't even played a preseason game yet, and your first test, you fail. Well, now all of a sudden, you're on you're on notice the rest of your career. And again, as long as as long as the NFL won't let you smoke pot, the NFL has to. You have to forget. Like the players have to forget that it's legal in other countries. They have to forget. Maybe their peers told them their whole lives it's not a big deal. Maybe they really enjoy it being a part of their uh, extracurricular lives, or maybe they do. It does help them recover from injuries, or you know, it, it, it you know it numbs the pain temporarily. They have to find other ways. They have to find other ways to 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 live while they're playing. They have to because this is this is what happens. And again, maybe one day it'll be legal, and this won't even be a conversation because there was a time when drinking wasn't allowed in this country, you know, before prohibition and all that. So. Maybe this will be a foreign conversation in five, ten years from now. But as it stands now, you can't smoke pot and be an NFL player. There's consequences. And unfortunately for Martavis Bryant, he didn't hear the train coming until it hit him in the face. And now he's, you know, somewhere else in rehab right now dealing with his issues, and the Steelers have to move on. And should the Steelers keep him or not? You know, I don't have that answer. I, I don't know. I've thought about this since Saturday night when this news initially broke out. Initially, my first thought was cut him, get rid of him, move on. And then you see you, you see it come out that he had the suppression and whatnot, and then obviously the human element kind of gets you, and then all of a sudden it gets complicated. I, and I still don't have an answer. I can really honestly go both ways. I would say 
he needs to do honest. I, I would say if I had to lean to an answer, I would say no. I'd say the Steelers should keep him, and they, he needs to prove it to him. Because really, financially, they're not going to – I mean, that's $600,000 the Steelers now have. So it's not like financially – and they're going to have to pay him his signing bonus anyway. So it's not like – I mean, him staying on the team this year does nothing for them. I mean, doesn't hurt him, doesn't, it's not a benefit. If anything, it's good because now you know he his rights are yours through the 2017 season, if he's allowed to come back at that point. So I would keep him. Title lean. If, if you put a gun to my head and said you have to pick one way, again, if they got rid of him, I wouldn't have an issue with it, really. But I would keep him, and he would have to show tangible and, and intangible facts that he's a changed man. It can't just be – and that's why I don't I don't disagree with the penalty at all. I mean, I don't like the fact that he's serving all year and Burford's serving three games. But if he really is depressed and if he can't go a day without smoking pot, then he has an issue and he needs to get it addressed and he should not be playing football. I mean, there's some, I think, professions that you can have depression and have an addiction and still be able to uh, – coexist at your job or at least be able to do your job. I don't think playing professional football is one of them. With the crowd and, you know, the physicality and, and, the, and the pressure, I think that's too much. Now, again, every individual is different. I know when Brett Favre had an addiction 20 years ago to painkillers, he came back that year, won league MVP, and won his only Super Bowl. Again, that's different from marijuana and whatnot, but that's how that went down. But I just think from Artavis, this is good for him. Get this year, you know, forget about football and get to at least a point when you're not dependent on marijuana and you're not depressed and you're in a healthy, good mindset. And, heck, maybe the Steelers win it without you. It's a different situation, but the Steelers had Plexico Burris in 2004. They didn't have him in 2005, and they won the Super Bowl. They had him in 2004 and lost in the AFC title game. So, I mean, and, and you look at who the Steelers' number two that year was, Antoine randall who was about the same size as Marcus Wheaton. Now, Marcus Wheaton last year, with a lot less targets than Martavis, had nearly as many receiving yards, nearly as many touchdowns. Marcus Wheaton is a good player, guys. He's young. He's the same age as, as Martavis, um, and he's going to be a player. And, you know, Darius Hayward Bay, 29 years old, you know, they might need to bring in another guy, but, but he could still be a solid contributor and still be a big play threat. Again, those two games, you know, Martavis didn't play early last season. Uh Taylor Bay caught a 43-yard pass against New England and a 41-yarder against San Francisco. So he, if he doesn't lose a step, which I don't foresee him doing that, he'll be fine. The Steelers still have tons of weapons. Then I would keep Martavis, but I would have, he'd have to, honestly, I would have him try out for the team next year. Just, you're, you're trying out? We'll see how you do. You're, but you're going to have to beat out Wheaton or to play. I mean, I would come in next year. You know, Brown's the one, Wheaton's the two. And anybody else they have goes down the line, and they're all ahead of Martavis. And I would say, you have to earn your way back onto this team. I wouldn't even give him a decal on the side of his helmet. I'd say, you're you're on this team, but you're about as close to being off this team as, like, if you bend down, your foot is going to be off the team. Like, that's how, like, you are the last man on our roster. And work your way up and see where you go. And he'll make the team, I'm sure, if he does all the right things and, and, and keeps in shape and you know, overcomes his, his demons off the field with his depression and everything. Like, I firmly believe he'll turn everything around. I believe it. I'm a fan of Marquez Bryant. He's a he's a great athlete, and and by all accounts, for the guys that cover him closer than I do, is a good guy. Chris Manski of the Tribune Review tweeted that right after 
this whole thing went down on Saturday night. It's really a shame he's a good guy. That's paraphrasing what Amansky said at the Trib Review. So he seems like a, a real good guy. I know he does stuff in charity. I'm pulling for him, and it looks like the Steelers are going to give him one final chance. So let's hope Martavis makes the most of it. And in the meantime, let's hope that the Steelers can overcome it, and they should. I mean, Kevin Colbert, okay, maybe his track record getting defensive backs isn't the best, but this guy has put together two teams that have won Super Bowls, a team that won 15 games in the regular season, a team that won to another Super Bowl, a team that last year was deep enough to overcome a million injuries to almost reach the AFC title game. This this is a talented team from top to bottom. And they'll be able, I believe, to overcome the loss of Martavis Bryant. But let's hope Martavis Bryant can overcome the loss of not being a Pittsburgh Steeler for this year and get his act together. And let's just hope our society at some point can get consistent on what we believe and that we can give our next generation a more consistent way to go about their lives so they don't have to be confused and they won't be in these positions. So once again, this has been Brian Yarder reporting for the Pittsburgh Steelers on 24-7 Sports. We remind you to check out our site, pit.247sports.com, and also our website on Facebook, Pittsburgh Steelers on 24-7 Sports. Thanks again, and, and again, I, you know, for all of us here, we wish nothing but the best from our tables, and we hope that he can overcome these things and to be back on the team next year. So once again, signing off, have a great day, and as always, it's a good day to be a Steelers fan.